This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. Welcome to Hopeland Church, everybody. Uh, This is Pastor Sean here, um, and those of you that are new, uh, it's good to see you, and it's good to see those that are a part of our community and have been. And so I'm just honored to be here uh, teaching the word. And um, I hope you're enjoying the service so far. Um, So this is part two of Behold Him. And we are going to get into our Bibles today. Um, So let me pray and then we will jump into God's word. All right. So once again, happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Um, praise the Lord. Uh, this is an amazing season just to, um, uh, meditate on the Lord and, um, make time, uh, to behold him. So let's do that today. So father, uh, we thank you today. We thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for the power of the Holy spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak. And Lord, we just open up our ears. We, 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 we give attention to your word today. Uh, Lord, we just set all of life aside just for this moment so we can hear from you, partake of your word, and and be sustained as a result, Lord. So speak to us, God, today. In Jesus' name, I pray, and everybody said amen. All right, we're going to jump in with kind of like our theme scripture for the month, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and it reads, uh, Isaiah 7, verse 14, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, everybody say, behold, the virgin shall conceive, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. All right, and so just to kind of review quickly, not much of a review, but just a little touch on kind of a little bit of what we talked about last week, but the word behold in the Greek, okay, and that's also referenced that, Verse is mentioned, quoted in Matthew chapter one. And so behold, that word in the Greek, this is what it means. I just wanna give you this and then we're gonna jump into Matthew two, okay? But let's do this first. So behold in the Greek, the word behold, it means to see, to look. It means do not miss this. Be sure to not miss this, okay? It also, it's a very spiritual word in the context of the scripture and the actual definition, the word behold means seeing, seeing that becomes knowing. So it is like a doorway, a spiritual doorway, if you will. It literally means a gateway to grasp a spiritual truth. It behold, uh, why do we behold? Because there's more to know right? Why do we look at Jesus? Why do we gaze on him? Why do we give attention to him alone? Uh, And why do we give him the type of attention we give nothing or nobody else? Because there is more to know of him. Amen? All right, so there we go. Just a quick little review, the word behold. And now we're going to read Matthew chapter 2. Uh, verse 1 to 12. I'm going to read all of this, and then that's what we're going to talk about today, all right? So turn in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, 
in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Verse two, seeing, uh, so, sorry, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Uh, for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. All right, so now it kind of gives the backstory of that. Verse three, when Herod the king heard this, right, he was troubled, okay? Um, so there were the, the wise men came to worship and the known power of that region, political power, was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him, okay? Verse four, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. He's like, man, go ahead and look in your, look in your Bible. Like what, what, the, what did the prophet say? Verse five, so they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, uh, but you, uh, breath, you, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse seven, then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. Verse eight, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Um, just so you know, I think some of you know the story, but Herod's lying, okay? Verse nine, uh, when they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over the young child uh, or stood over where the young child was. Verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then uh, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Okay, uh, there it is. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. I, I love the Christmas story. And so uh, I'm just gonna give you a little um, historical context here, okay? So uh, contrary to popular belief, these were not kings. Um, these were magi. And, they, and so I'm just gonna give you a little context, okay? Um, which is rather interesting. This is kind of leading into the message today. Um, even just some of the cultural context here. So these magi, um, were a tribe of uh, uh, Medians, right, from the Persian Empire in the east, okay? Um, they um, had become some something of a priestly tribe, okay? So much like the, the Levites um, were in Israel, okay? So these guys were very intelligent. They were teachers and instructors, to the Persian kings. So they were um, consulted by those in power. Hence, Herod, uh, you know, being a Roman official, uh, uh, still like ask these guys, like, you know, what, 
where is this? Go, you know, anyway. So consulted them. So these were persecuted. So they were known uh, um, in the culture, in the world of the day, of the day, right? Uh, these were uh, men of holiness and wisdom, skilled in, in, in philosophy and medicine, architecture, natural sciences. And, um, and, you know, and so they look to the stars because um, clearly, okay, I'm reading from my notes here. Uh, clearly there was God-given order in their arrangement and movement. Okay, so these are magi. They are Persians, okay? So, um, and so I want to start off with this point, okay, as we get to behold him, okay, as we kind of talk about this. Part two of the sermon series today is, is God has placed a desire in us to find Jesus. Um, Bible says that eternity is in the heart of every man. Okay. And so here you are, you got people that, um, uh, you wouldn't think like these, you know, are not Jews. They are not Jews. Uh, they are not um, of the Commonwealth of Israel. They are not readers of the Torah, okay? But they, it seems rather interesting, right? This is, you know, this is um, kind of um, extraordinary that these men, based on where they're from, and what, who they are and what they're raising, that they would be seeking out Jesus, right? So it's kind of interesting, but there is a cultural context to this as well. And I'm going to get into this a little bit more. I just, I really want to just provide a cultural context here because sometimes in hearing the, 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 the nativity of the nativity of the, the birth of the savior, sometimes our picture is kind of been clouded with like, you know, um, our, our plays or, or just this, this, you know, this picture that is rather um, not necessarily entirely accurate or maybe just not as detailed, okay? So in just seeing some of the historical cultural context and kind of give us, open our eyes to kind of what was happening in the world at this time, what was going on? Because there was, there was something in the air here, even in the history books and the early Roman historians and writers they were writing of things around this. And we're not even talking about Matthew and Luke here. We're talking about in society, in the known world, in culture, there was something stirring that a king was coming. So as I said, there, there was just something stirring, something in the air. And um, the, the Magi were just one of the group, okay? So you'll notice Herod is troubled. Okay, so something's going on here, okay? And he was threatened for various reasons. Um, uh, you know, he, he was ruthless, you know what I mean? So he's like, you know, uh, we, need to, we, need to, we need to basically kill this baby, right? He was threatened. A king here? No, not, not, not on my watch, right? So there was that. The Jewish community was, was troubled. It says all of Jerusalem was troubled. So this, so, and then the shepherds obviously had an encounter with the angel, and they went and they saw him and they rejoiced and, you know, they, they went, they left, they, they left the presence of the Savior rejoicing, telling people of this. So in the known world, there was something stirring here. So just think about this because this is really speaking to the heart of God. 
and to the heart of his, you know, of the gospel. Okay, so I just want to read a little bit from my notes here, just to provide some some clear language around kind of what was happening in the known world at this time. Okay, so like I says, as I said, this just might seem rather extraordinary. Like, why were these guys coming? Like, how would they know what what was it? Okay, so just check it out. So here's the strange thing is that just about the time Jesus was born, there were there was in the world a strange feeling of expectation of the coming of a king. So this is just in the culture, okay? Not just in our Bible, but in the known world, in writings, okay? So even, and there are specific even Roman historians that knew about this and wrote about it, okay? And so there was this firm persuasion that at this very time, the East was to grow powerful. Okay, so, so there was this kind of almost threat in the air, okay? Um, and rulers coming from Judea were to acquire universal, uh, universal empire, okay? So now you can see that they're threatened. There was a king coming, but not the way they thought. Can I get an amen, all right? And so, so even the Jews, okay, uh, were, were threatened by Jesus, of course, um, and there was a stirring there. So the Jews themselves had the belief that about this time, one from their country should become governor of the habitual earth. And so, you know, and so here it is. Here comes Jesus in the midst of this. And so when you see that there's this broader kind of, maybe even if I could use this word, this kind of intuition in the known world that something is happening in the East. Something is going on. A king is coming, right? Um, and so, of course, these guys that are involved in and in, in all of what is known, like philosophy, medicine, natural sciences, Okay, planetary motion, right? All, and the 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 magi, the, the the smart people, if you will. Okay, the wise men. Okay, and to, contrary to popular belief, there wasn't three that came. It was three gifts, but you know this could very well have been a literal tribe just moving in the direction of this star. Okay, so um, hallelujah. And so here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is what I want to uh, um, get to. Okay, so these wise men, if, if you will, were filled with the desire to find him. So going back to my point, uh, God has placed a desire in us to find Jesus. I, I, God has placed a desire for eternity inside of every human being. So think about that. The incarnation is happening. All I mean, think about this is actually happening. God is moving. God is speaking. Okay, hallelujah. Angels are coming, you know, told Mary. Right. Joseph is like, man, what do I do? How do I how do I do this? He, he you know, God speaks to him. Right. Um, God speaks to God is obviously speaking to these wise men. God is speaking to the shepherds. OK, so from all walks of life in all sector of society, there's a stirring happening. Some are troubled. Um, some are stirred. Some are going to worship him. Wow. Think about this. Think about this. Hallelujah. Still today. Still today, folks. Beyond 
our pursuits. Okay, let me read from my notes here. Because with this historical context, I want to get it right. Okay, I want to get it right. Um, so beyond our pursuits of simply trying to be spiritual, even more deeply, we long for God to come and break into our lives. So this is what's happening. The birth of the Savior. Uh, there is this longing in humanity, um, wanting the Savior to come, wanting to worship this King, or maybe even those that were troubled by it. But I, I'm here to tell you today, we long for God to come and break into our lives. We, we long for that in our humanity, all of humanity, right? To penetrate the silence and guide us. So this is what's happening. Okay, this is what's happening. God is touching the known world. God is moving on the known world. Before Jesus born, before anybody gets there, right? There he is in the stable, right? Before all that, God is moving. I mean, political powers are making decisions. Come on now. Shifting is happening. Uh, Persia is moving. These Median, uh, you know, these Medians, the, 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 these Persian Magi are being stirred in the direction of the Savior. And so I'm here to tell you today, if I could prophesy over you today, if I could just speak in faith over you today, is that God is breaking into your life. That, that, that's what the incarnation tells us, that God is in the business of breaking into our world, of, of breaking into our existence, of stirring us to seek him, right? That's what he did at the incarnation, and that's what he's doing today by the Spirit of God. That's what he's gonna do in every generation, is God is breaking into our lives. He's done it before, he's doing it now, and he will do it again, okay? Can I get an amen, somebody? Still today, wise men and women seek him. And don't find rest in their journey until they find him. God has not given up on you, nor has he given up on those you're praying for. Can I get an amen? All right, God is um, going to crash into the lives of people that seemingly are far away from him. He's going to move on people's lives. He's gonna stir them in the timing and the season that he's called, and he is going to break into their life. He's gonna get into their life, their situation. I'm here to tell you right now, God is desiring to make himself known in your life now, today, in this season, in this moment of your life. God has not forsaken you. God has not given up on you. He is there, and he is desiring to break in to, to where you are right now. Break the silence and to make himself known, just as he did for the shepherds, just as he did for the Magi, just as he did for the known world when his son was to be born of the Virgin Mary. He was breaking into the lives of people. I mean, this, this just speaks to, here it is, my next point, folks. God speaks your language. I mean, this, 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 that, the incarnation tells us that God is going to reach people, that God is going to get into the lives of people that we don't think he would. We don't think that he should or would. It's, it's, it's those ones that we don't think God moves and touches, right? And God speaks our language. I'm telling you, he speaks your language. He, he just like he got into the lives of these that we just see in this account, when we, that we see in the Christmas story. That, that he is going to speak our language and we are going to behold him. I mean, think about this. 
Let me just share some, some real stories of how God speaks our language. God reached me personally, saved me, changed my life for all eternity. I was a knucklehead skateboarder, unchurched, not in church, and he reached me through a skateboard. God actually used a skateboard to get to me. Somebody say, God speaks my language. My best friend, one of my best friends, okay? My best friend, Kwok Nu Yen. Some of y'all know about Kwok. The, the man got saved as a result of going, having an intense demonic drug overdose, demonic infused drug overdose. Pretty much went crazy for a couple days. All right. Now, does that mean that we all need to take drugs so we encounter God? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying God got into his life where he was and what he was doing. Somebody tell me, tell me, tell me, say this to somebody. God speaks your language. Another great friend of mine. Okay. That much of ministry life I'm doing now, another skateboard friend of mine, Christian Asoy. Um, he, far from God, hardcore drug addict. Um, went to prison, federal prison, for getting busted with having a, a bunch of cocaine on him at an airport. Did five years in prison. Right when he got into prison, he got radically saved. Did his five years. And now he's an ordained minister. Somebody say, God speaks my language. I'm here to tell you right now. No matter where you're from, what you're doing, what you're in, God speaks your language. God speaks your language. Look at the Magi. God was speaking their language. God used everything they studied, everything, they, all their philosophy, all their the sciences. You, God used all that to lead them to the Savior. Come on now. All right? God will use it, anything. He will use it to lead us to Jesus so we can behold him. All right? Um, everybody's story is different. Isn't that the beauty of how God works? There's, this ain't a cookie cutter process to beholding him, right? Um, my beautiful wife was saved as a little girl and her, her dad led her to the Lord. Come on now. That, that is how God got to her through her dad. Through her dad. Isn't that beautiful? Right? And in his sovereignty has kept her just in her life from a lot of the crazy stuff even I have gone through and how I grew up. It's just a different story. But we both have beheld the Savior. Right? Another friend of mine. Good friend of mine. Uh, another skateboarder. I apologize for all the skateboard uh, references. But um, good friend of mine, Jamie Thomas. He's one of the most successful skateboarders um, of the era I came up in. We, we, we uh, actually, the first pro contest I entered, pro skateboard competition, Jamie was in it. That was his first one as well. Um, he did much better than me. But um, anyway, it's not the point. It's not the point, right? That he did better than me. Anyways, back to the message. Um, why'd I even say that? Uh, but uh, Jamie, uh, not church, away from God or whatever, one of our mutual friends in the skateboard industry tragically died like in 2000 year 2000, he went to the funeral and got saved at a funeral. So in this tragedy, my friend Jamie now serving the Lord um, and still doing great with the various companies he's affiliated with in the skateboard industry. And But he is a born again believer. He beheld Jesus at a funeral. Through God used a tragedy 
of a friend of ours. This particular friend, another pro candidate, tragically passed away. Um, I actually went to junior high with him, grew up with him and stuff. But Jamie met him through skateboarding and all that, went to the funeral and got saved. All right. I have just real quick. I got another one here. Somebody say this with me. Say it again. Say God speaks my language. Uh, there's a couple in our church here and, and, and they are uh, part of our in-person community. Um, uh, the husband was involved heavily in the homosexual lifestyle. Um, and his, and uh, a friend of his that he was in there with was a, was a lesbian. And they kind of went to college together, kind of came up as young adults and he was backslidden away from the Lord. His, his friend, this, uh, this lesbian, uh, girl was a witch. A, actually, she was a part of a coven, uh, putting curses on people and stuff like that. So that, that I won't share the whole story, but they ended up getting saved. Um, and, and, and then falling in love. And now they've been married for years, serving the Lord in our church. And so, um, Man, God speaks our language. He knows how to get to us. Everybody's story is different. Some might seem very wild and intense and crazy, um, but that's not the point. The point is that they, through their journey, God has reached them. While they were dead in their trespasses and sins, Christ died for them. That it's not that they love God, it's that he first loved them, right? That we have seen him and beheld him, and now we are saved. All right, so this is what the incarnation tells us. This is what the birth of the story tells us that God is going to break into people's lives and he is going to speak their language, right? To the confused. God is the wonderful counselor to the weak. He's the mighty God to those that feel orphaned or without a father, or maybe just you are estranged from your father. God is a father to the fatherless in his holy habitation. He is the everlasting father to the troubled, vexed, anxious, or depressed. I'm telling you, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's gonna speak your language. The birth of the Savior shows us that God himself has proven that he will speak our language. He has been begotten of the virgin, God becoming man, and man in his divine essence, 100% man, 100% God, both God and man, the God-man, Theos Anthropus, the God-man, Theos meaning God, Anthropus meaning man. He is the Theos Anthropus. He is the divine creator of all things, and yet he chose to walk and live and come unto the earth as a man so he could speak our language. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm telling you, the incarnation tells us everything about God's heart for us. The incarnation tells us everything about God's heart for you. Here is my next point. The seemingly furthest aren't so far away, okay? Come on now. 
the seemingly furthest are not so far away. Can I get an amen? It's the ones we think are too far gone that God gets. God gets the apostle Paul on his way to kill Christians. God gets the Moses that is a a fugitive for killing somebody and burying them in the sand. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So so here we go. Let me read from my notes. We can find encouragement in the coming of these magi. These wise men from the east, God was immediately drawing those from the inhabited ends of the earth. Come on now. For as for as had been spoken, this was, right, that the angel told the shepherds, good news of great joy for all people. This seemingly furthest are not so far away. Hallelujah. It was to a waiting world that Jesus came. And when he came, the ends of the earth were already being led to him. Hallelujah. To behold him. Come on now. Now we're going to get into this. We're going to get into this now. To behold him. Hallelujah. This, this is where, this is the calling here. Here he is. God's effort. Everything. He, his son. The, 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 the dispensation of the fullness of time. The, the moment. Coming to Mary. Just the divine moment. God's time clock. Here it is. The Savior being born. I'm telling you. But with this, when he reveals himself, there comes a reckoning with our need, all right, and to decide to choose him. To behold him is to reckon with our need for his life to reign upon our own. I'm going to read that again. To behold him is to reckon with our need for his life to reign upon our own. Hallelujah. For 2,000 years, we've tried to neutralize the least neutral event in human history. What am I saying? We must come to a decision. We must come to a decision. Choose this day whom you will serve. I present before you, right, blessing and cursing. Come on now. This event not only divides the dating of human history, B.C. and A.D., It divides and reveals every human heart. Here it is, my next point. There is no neutral response when we behold him. All right, there is no neutral response, right? As we behold him, he beholds us and we come must come to terms with who is Lord. All right, who is Lord? Hallelujah. What did these magi do? They worshiped. That, that's the only thing. They, they came to a reckoning. We are going to go and worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is only one response to beholding him. And that, my friends, is worship. All right. It is worship, right? We, here's my next point. We offer him our best, okay? When they saw him, the Bible says, they bowed down and they worshiped him, okay? And they brought gifts, all right? They brought gifts. They brought gifts. They offered their best, all right? They offered their best. That's what we do, all right? 
the three gifts, I'm going to give you this to you quickly. Gold was considered by custom to be the most fitting gift for a king. So that's what kings got. Frankincense was the sweet perfume used by priests in the temple. Recognizing gold, recognizing him as king. Frankincense, recognizing him as priest. He is the apostle and high priest of our profession. He is the king of kings and Lord of lords. Their gifts represented worship and allegiance to him above everything and everybody else. So once again, gold was considered by custom. This was just, this was when gold was brought out, you are the king. Frankincense brought out, you are priest. Myrrh was a precious spice used to anoint those who were to die. An appropriate gift for this child who would one day give his life for them. Come on now. He was prophet, priest, and king. He was to be a lamb led to the slaughter, and he did not answer a word. Each of these was of great value, reminding us that when we find him, rather when we behold him, we offer him our best. We offer him our best. We, we offer him our best. This isn't about, oh, what this person does, that person. No, this isn't a competition. We're not trying to outdo other people in worship to God. Worship is, I'm gonna give you my best, God. I'm a, what, what, whatever I have, what, what, however I do it, I'm gonna do my best. I'm not gonna be sloppy with this. I'm not going to be kind of lax and, yeah, you know, it doesn't really matter. No, I'm going to give God my best, right? My, my daughter, um, she just, um, she was in cheer uh, this past season and they got third place. And I was like, That's, she, she did really well. First time, well, actually second time in cheer. Um, first time here um, in the LA area. But they did, they did well. They did, they did very well. Um, and, and I always tell her, you know, what matters is nothing else. Not the scoreboard doesn't matter. The other teams don't, they don't matter. They do not matter. What matters is how you apply yourself on that field. That's what matters. That is because that's the only thing you have control of. So do your best. Don't play. Right. And so she's going to, um, she's going to, uh, we signed her up for basketball in the new year. And I'm telling the same thing. Look, Gia, it's not about the other team and it's not about the scoreboard. Those things are there. They're there. They, they do matter, right? Because they're there. But, but as far as your own evaluation of your performance, of how you do when you get out there, it's just apply yourself. Don't half step it. Come on, somebody. Uh, look at your neighbor and tell them, don't half step with Jesus. Ain't no half stepping, right? So these men, they, they beheld him, worship, gave their best. So this is, this is a picture of how we approach God, live for God, worship God, serve God, serve others, loving others, give our best. We, 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 we give attention. We, we, we don't just, you know, throw something together, right? We're not just, oh yeah, whatever. No, we give our best. As I tell my daughter and, and Dominica, um, do it, do it right, practice, do it right. Give yourself to this, whatever it is. And do it. Come on now. Come on now. How much more when it comes to worship?
All right. And finally, finally, here we go. When we when we find um, him, okay, or, or let me say it this way: when we behold him, right, um, our direction changes. Our direction changes, right? These these magi went and they were supposed to go back to Herod and tell him, but they were warned and they went to their own country a different way, another way, another way, changed their life. They, 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 they were not about to rat on Jesus, right? They, they were gonna rat on Mary and Joseph. They, they were divinely warned and they went another way. They, this wasn't just a ceremony of worship. It changed how they lived. They were changed. They, 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 they change. And just as us, when we behold him, we are changed every time. When we behold Jesus, we are changed every time. When we behold him, our direction changes. All right, let me pray for you guys. Um, I hope you were encouraged today. Um, out of you know Matthew's account here in, in Matthew chapter two, um, I hope you're encouraged in being one that will pursue Jesus and seek him in every season of life until, until what it is you're seeking, you find. Be persistent in your pursuit of Jesus, right? Be persistent. Be persistent and know that God's hands on your life and he is breaking into your life. Let me pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for everybody that joined today. I pray in the name of Jesus that this word would be planted on, on, on fertile soil of their heart. I pray their so, the soil of their heart's ready. I pray, God, that we would be God chasers, Jesus pursuers. Father God, I pray that we would simply respond to what you've already initiated in our heart, that desire to seek you, God. That, that desire to find you, stir in us a desire to seek you, God, like never before. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.